to you. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor here at Woodburn Baptist Church. Beautiful Sunday morning. Good to see you all. Good to have you here. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Speaking of Bibles, I lost mine, you all. Uh, which is, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, it's not totally lost. Like, it's probably in one of your pews. I've laid it down somewhere in this church. So, so there's a reward for it. Uh, 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 10% off your tithe next week or whatever. <laughs> if you can find the pastor's Bible. I don't think my name's in it. I have like, you know, 40 Bibles and, and I don't have my name in it. So uh, you'll just have to recognize it by the anointing dripping off it. You know, it's just a Bible, y'all. <laughs> Uh, but it'll, it'll turn up. First Samuel chapter 3 is where we'll be this morning. Uh, let me make a couple announcements. First off, as Warren said, Wednesday night is family meeting at the regular time, 6 o'clock. Uh, don't miss that. Family meeting is the place where we as a congregation listen for the voice of God and make decisions all together. The congregation runs this church. Pastor doesn't run the church. Deacons don't run the church. It's a congregationally led church, and that's why we have family meetings. We make these decisions together. So that's Wednesday night. At 6 o'clock tonight at 5 o'clock is Unity. Unity Sunday night. I'm so excited. Unity Sunday night. This is the annual service that we have with First Baptist Woodburn. Pastor Jimmy and Sister Catherine and brothers and sisters from First Baptist Woodburn will be here with us tonight at 5 o'clock. We'll worship first and then we will eat. The church is provi- providing barbecue, buns, beans. Uh, you bring sides and desserts, anything that goes with that. We'll worship first and then we will eat second. So 5 o'clock tonight is Unity Sunday night. Now, it's really, really fun. Let me share with you some good news from Casa Cancha, Peru. Let's just start with pictures, which is so much fun. Look, y'all, look. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, This is the church under construction. Uh, This is probably back about November, if if I can, uh, if if I'm reading things correctly. Um, These are men in the community of Casa Cancha, which I just love so much. Some of us, uh, early on when we started talking about uh, church planting in Peru, we're saying, could we go down and build? And the answer was no, no, because when we funded the construction of the church, we put these men to work from Casa Cancha. These are locals, you all, and they have jobs because of the work of the Lord there. Uh, The work is progressing. Uh, Watch this yellow building and help you in future pictures to get an orientation. Uh, They were pouring concrete for those piers, bricks here will help construct the sanctuary. Keep going. All of these are local workers. I just love it, love it, love it. Here is... The beautiful village of Casa Cancha here. You can see, if you know anything about the agriculture and terrain of Peru, these stepped mountains where they farm across those mountains is just beautiful. But the way the things usually lay out, you can see here, these will be uh, school classrooms here. And these walls are, are going up here, as you can see. This big empty place here is the footprint of the sanctuary. There's that yellow building we saw earlier in that stack of bricks. Uh, again, it's just the most beautiful place in the world. And this is a church, y'all, that we were planting in Casa Cancha, Peru. I just love it so much. Keep going. Look, <laughs> little guys, they live in Casa Cancha. These are children. Keep going, Michael. Keep going. Uh, these are children from Casa Cancha. And these are school uniforms. <laughs> these are school uniforms. Because remember, we're planting a church that is also a school. And they already have uniforms, and, and I love that so much. The little, uh, 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 it has the project number in Casa Cancha there on the side. These are kids from the school. This is the sanctuary, and it's mostly done, but believe it or not, it'll be open air. You can see the windows here are open, the door here. Uh, basically, they will lay a roof across the top of that. You can see here, 
uh, where the sanctuary, the, 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 the uh, altar, the, the pulpit will be there. The stage will be there. It'll be open. It'll be just beautiful. Look, these are our children. These are their school uniforms. This is a, a community-wide event that the church, the church has already had one community-wide event. Uh, they called it the Day of the Bible. And these children are going through the village in a parade, inviting other children to come and play volleyball. This is what this says here, a little picture of a kid playing volleyball. Uh, this is just the most amazing thing in the world to me. I just love this so much. These are children who live in radical poverty. Uh, the church gave them these uniforms as a gift, and they will be able to wear these to school. But because of the work of the Lord and, and, and your generosity, these children will have health care and education and the gospel. Uh, and it's going to change a village, change the lives of these children and, and their future for ever and ever. I just love that so much. I love it so much. Thank you, Woodburn. Uh, next Sunday will be Casa Concha Sunday here at Woodburn. And I want us to talk about how we can continue to have an amazing impact uh, in the lives of these kids and, and in, this, uh, in this community for years and years and years to come. Here's the written report. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We're excited to share with you an update on the ministries and construction of Iglesia Evangelica de Casa Cancha, the Evangelical Church of Casa Cancha. Construction is going well so far. We have completed the frame for part of the building and continue to work on the other sections. People of the community have come together to help us build. In the last couple of months, we have worked with the families of the community, building relationships and starting the work of our church. We held a day of the Bible parade with the children, which went well. Our next step in the building process is to build the roof on the classrooms and continue construction on the rest of the building. Here's the word from Pastor Saturnino. He's our pastor there. For me, it's a blessing to reach more children with the project so they get out of the physical and spiritual poverty circle. The project is a powerful tool because even if we have all necessary resources without God's vision, we have nothing. It was very satisfying to see joy in the children's eyes when they received presents. I really hope the children bear fruit and begin to know the Lord more. Here are his praises. Thanks for helping us in reaching more children. Thanks for bringing joy to the children. Thank you for your generosity. And these are prayer requests, five prayer requests. Pray for families to turn away from idols. Pray for the wounds of soul that parents made in their children's hearts. Pray for the children's education so in the future they may become professionals with a solid lifestyle for them and their families. Pray for the project administration and pray for youths to get committed with the work of God. So that is a translation of Pastor Saturnino's word to us. Uh, he is the pastor at Iglesia Evangelica de Casa Cancha. No, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Uh, but praise the Lord. Can we just stop right now and pray for them? Can we just do that? Uh, Lord, I pray right now for Pastor Saturnino. I thank you, Lord, for him. I thank you for his passion for the gospel, for his willingness to go to Casa Cancha and to plant this church. Lord, I pray that you will bless him. I pray that you will give him a, a giant heart to love these kids and their families. Lord, I pray for these boys and girls. I pray that 
The gospel of Jesus will change their lives. I pray, Lord, that you will see to it that they're cared for and loved. And I do pray, Lord, that families will turn away from idols. I pray that you will break the cycle of poverty and lostness in the village of Casa Cancha. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will advance the gospel in all ways in that place. Lord, it is humbling and amazing to think that you would choose us and use us to do this work there in that place, Lord. But we Thank you for the privilege of, of having this part to play in the lives of, of these people. Pray, Lord, that the gospel will put down deep roots there and that lives will be changed for eternity. Lord, thank you for the way you have blessed this church. Lord, I pray that we will continue to hear your voice and follow you wherever you lead us. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen, amen. Oh, that's so good, that's so good. 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'm in the middle of a message series entitled Sign from God, and we've been talking about hearing the voice of God. Uh, this is the third sermon in that series. Next Sunday will be Casa Cacha Sunday. We'll do something different and amazing. The following week, I'll come back and wrap up this sermon series with a sermon called Sign from God. The last sermon, will talk specifically how to know for sure, how to get confirmation that what you're hearing is, is truly a word from God. We'll talk about that. On the last Sunday. But today let's talk a little bit more about what it means to listen. There were uh, two old men, y'all know old men, uh, there were two old men talking uh, the other day and one of them said, the other said, I'm really worried about my wife. I said, what's, what's going on with your wife? He said, well, she's talking to herself a lot. Don't worry about her. Other man said, I don't worry about that. He said, my wife does the same thing. She don't know it. She thinks I'm listening. <laughs> we talked a lot about how God speaks. Can we talk a little bit about what it means to listen? And with that, we go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I love this story. This is one of the passages in Scripture for my whole life. This is a, a, a scripture that I latched onto as a boy, and I continue to go back to this passage. I, I, I love this. Um, I'm reading from a giant study Bible because my real Bible is lost, but uh, we'll get through it. First Samuel chapter 3, listen to this. This is just so good. The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, 
Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. As we have been saying from the beginning of this series, your life is meant to be an ongoing conversational relationship with the Lord. Your life is intended to be an ongoing conversational relationship with the Lord. But but many of us would confess that we just struggle to know if we're hearing his voice. We, We struggle to listen. So let's learn some lessons from Samuel this morning. What does it mean to listen? Actually, in the story here, there are two men that we can learn from. One is a positive example. One is a negative example. Go back to verse 1 of chapter 3. What does it say? In those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. No doubt that's true, and the reason that is true, I mean, just think about it. It can't be that God wasn't speaking, because God is always speaking, and God is always calling out to us. He never stops uh, calling out with his voice to us. So if messages from God are rare, if visions are rare, then something else must be happening. What's happening or what's not happening? Somebody's not listening, Somebody's not listening. And so, uh, honestly, if you read 1 Samuel through, if you read the larger context, it's pretty clear who's not listening. Who is it? It's Eli. Now, it's really something of an irony that Samuel is going to learn how to listen to God from the priest Eli. Because Eli is a man who has long since stopped listening to God. And that's the devastating truth here. If visions are rare, if messages from the Lord are rare, it's for the very, very simple reason that the priest of God, Eli, the man of God, is no longer hearing from God. And that's devastating when you stop and think about that. Now, what happened to Eli? And you'd have to sort of read the whole story. It really is somewhat terrible. Now, Eli himself is never really portrayed as a bad man. He's not an evil man. It's nothing like that. You can even say that Eli himself is not the one with the sin problem. It's not so much Eli. It's his sons. Eli has two sons. They are named Hophni and Phinehas, and these boys are orangutans. I mean, read the Bible. These guys are orangutans. I mean, they are evil, wicked boys. And they have just simply learned that growing up in the, in the tabernacle, growing up under the, the priests, they sort of had a position of status themselves, and they use it. They use their position as the sons of the priests in order to manipulate the people that they b- begin to do all sorts of wicked things in, in, in the tabernacle, even in the context of worship, and God will have none of that. Do you understand? So it's not so much Eli, it is his sons. But the Lord has been speaking to Eli about his sons. The Lord has already said, your sons are orangutans and you need to do something about them. I mean, the Lord has spoken to Eli. And so the sad truth of the matter is Eli has been hearing from God, but he stopped listening. He stopped obeying. Eli does nothing when God has been telling him to do something. And for that reason, Eli is no longer hearing. Now, just let that sink in because I think for some of us, this might be very, very important. Let's just talk about what it really means to listen to the Lord. First off, if you don't have the heart to obey, you will not have the ears to hear. You with me? If, if you don't have the heart to obey, you won't have the ears to hear. Eli is not hearing from God now. Can you imagine what it must be like for Eli 
to be in that tabernacle that night with the boy Samuel and to suddenly realize that God is speaking, but not to you. And God is not speaking to Eli now. That's Eli's fault. God has been speaking to Eli for a long, long time, but Eli stopped listening. He stopped obeying because you understand, listening involves obeying. When God speaks to you, he sort of requires something up front, and that is your surrender. It's your submission. It's your willingness to do what he asks you to do. But if you don't have that willing heart, if you don't have a heart to listen, a heart to obey, then understand, you will not have ears to hear. So some of you, and I don't know your heart, and I can't speak for you, but I just want to suggest to you that some of you say, you know, Pastor, Pastor Tim, I don't feel like I hear God's voice. Well, this would be one of the first things I would ask you. Do you have a heart to obey? If God were to tell you what to do right now, if God were to ask you to do something, would you do it? Because if you don't have that willing heart, if you don't have a heart that listens, if you don't truly have the heart that's willing to do what God asks you to do, then you're not going to have ears to hear. So, so this lack of hearing that you have, it, it may really have a very obvious reason you're not listening. Did your parents ever, when you were a kid, your parents ever come in and you know, say, hey, I, I want you to take out the trash. And you say, I'll do it. I'll do it in a minute. I'll do it. And you're sitting there watching, you know, say by the Bell or Fresh Prince, whatever you're watching, you, you know. And, and, and you say, yes, I'll do it. And, and then, you know, 30 minutes later, your mother comes back in and says, did you hear me? Did you hear me? Now, she knows that you heard her. In the sense that the sound waves went from her vocal cords in one of your ears and out the other. She knows that you heard, but when she says, did you hear me? What's she really asking? Are, are you going to do what I ask you to do? You understand? Because until you have done what she asked you to do, you haven't actually heard her. You haven't listened. So when God speaks to you, there is this willingness, this, this obedient heart that, that you have to sacrifice up front. If you do not have the heart to obey, you will not have the ears to hear. So something real practical. If ever in your Christian life, you feel like you used to hear from God, but now you don't. Because some of you would say you're in that category. That there was a time in your life when you felt the Lord's nearness and you felt like he was speaking to you and you felt like you had that ongoing conversational relationship with the Lord, but you feel like you don't have that now and you wonder what happened. Can I just suggest something to you? It's probably this very thing we're talking about here. It's sort of the, the Eli problem that God was speaking to you up to the point where you stop listening. And by, 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 by stopping to listen, I'm implying that you stopped obeying. So here's just a little principle that I want you to consider. Whenever you stop hearing from God, go back to the place where disobedience broke your spiritual connection. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you go back because chances are, if you used to hear from God, but now you don't, go back. What's the last thing that God asked you to do? What's the last thing he asked you to do? And then my next question to you is, did you do it? And I would almost guarantee you, if you can say, you know, I used to hear from God, but I don't feel like I hear him anymore, go back. Go back to that place where your disobedience broke the spiritual connection, and then you make that right. 
Hearing involves obedience. And so your willingness, your obedience is a part of this ongoing conversational relationship. When you stop obeying, you will stop hearing. And you need to understand that. So whenever in your life you feel like I'm not hearing from God anymore, just go back. Go back to the last thing he asked you to do and then ask yourself, did I do that? Was I obedient? And I'll almost guarantee you, you will be able to put your finger on the very moment when that spiritual connection was broken. It's going to be a moment of your own disobedience. Go back to that. Now make it right. Because see, that's the thing. God speaks to us and we just sort of want selective hearing. We want to take the good advice We want to soak up the wisdom, but when God asks us to do something that we don't necessarily want to do, we act like he's not talking, and it doesn't work that way. So if you feel like you're not hearing, go back. Go back to the last place where you know you heard his voice. What is it that he asked you to do? Did you do it? If the answer is no, then you know what you got to do. You go back. You go back. Nothing. Nothing is going to go right with you until you go back and make it right. Understand, this relationship with the Lord, it involves your obedience. There's a pastor named Erwin McManus. I like him a lot. And he tells a wonderful story about his son. His son, of course, was being raised in the Lord and raised in the church and raised in a pastor's family and Erwin says when his son was five or six years old, he started saying, Daddy, what does God's voice sound like? What what does God's voice sound like? And everyone would just say, Son, uh, you're going to learn to hear that voice. And I know that one day you're going to know it when you hear it. Someone would say, Daddy, what does God's voice sound like? And everyone would say, Son, you're going to hear it and you're going to know it when you hear it. A couple of years later, little boy, Erwin's son was at church camp. And Erwin got the call. He needed to come get his son, <laughs> you know, pastor's kid. Um, the son had gotten into a big fight in the, in the, in the dining hall of, of camp and needed to be coming and taken home. And so Erwin made the long drive to camp, um, got his son. And before he put him in the car to take him home, he took him out in the woods or they sat on a rock. And he just said, son, I, I want to hear the story. T- tell me what happened. Gotten into a, a, a very serious, you know, knockdown, drag out fight with, with this other kid. So Erwin said, Son, before we do anything else, I just want to ask you do you feel like you hear any voice right now? Is there any voice speaking to you? And the son said plainly, Yes. Erwin er- said, Well, what is the voice telling you? And the kid said, It's telling me to stay here at camp. And, and, and go back and make this right. Erwin said, son, do you have any idea whose voice that is? And the kid says, I know whose voice it is, it's God's. Erwin said, okay, son, before we do anything else, let's just stop. Let's just stop right now and recognize you've heard God's voice. God is speaking to you. You've been asking me for years, what does God's voice sound like? And I'm telling you that you've heard his voice. You now know God's voice. This is God's voice. And the little boy looked straight at his daddy and said, Daddy, I don't care if it is God's voice. I'm not doing that. Erwin said, Son, you must never tell him no. You're hearing God's voice now. 
But let me tell you what happens if you begin to ignore it. If you ignore that voice, if you say no to that voice, then there will come a day when you'll no longer hear that voice. There will come a day when you will question if you've ever heard this voice. There will come a day when you will begin to insist that God doesn't even speak. Son, you're hearing his voice. Don't ever tell him no. I said that in this passage you learn lessons from two different men. The first one is Eli. I can't imagine what it must be like for Eli to know that God is speaking. In the silence of that night, in the tabernacle, in the holy place, God is speaking, but Eli is not hearing. Why is he not hearing? Because when God spoke to Eli, Eli said, no. Don't ever tell him no. But the amazing thing is Eli is still able to be uh, a guide. When, when the boy Samuel starts to hear, it takes Eli a moment, but Eli eventually catches on. The, the boy Samuel is asleep. Now, notice how the two men are described. First off, Eli, of course, is described as, as almost blind and nearly deaf. And that, of course, is physical, but it's also spiritual. He's almost blind and nearly deaf. He doesn't hear God anymore. But young Samuel is laying right there sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. It's Samuel who's sleeping right there in the crock pot of the presence of God, just soaking in the presence of God. You're supposed to understand that, that Samuel is there in God's presence and God is working and God is moving. And this is the moment when something amazing happens in Samuel's life. Suddenly the Lord calls out, Samuel. You're thinking, well, Pastor Tim, you told us not to expect an audible voice. And right there, Samuel gets an audible voice. Well, I don't know if it's audible or not. Let's just say that. I don't know. Eli's not hearing it. Of course, he's hard of hearing. But Eli's not hearing it. I I don't know. When God speaks, it's sort of an amazing thing. My old preacher, someone said, when God speaks, is it audible? And my old preacher said, oh, it's louder than that. Louder than audible? Well, yeah. Yeah, again, once you know God's voice, you know what I'm talking about. So, so God calls out. It seems to be an audible voice, but recognize Samuel's never heard God's voice before. This is the introduction. This is the beginning. I don't think that the audible voice is, is something that you should expect every day of your mature Christian life. But right now, and Samuel's never heard God's voice before. So the Lord calls out, Samuel. And what does Samuel assume? It's Eli. So he runs into Eli's bedroom and says, did you call me? Waking up the old man in the middle of the night, did you call me? Eli says, no, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed, lays down, you know, in his Superman pajamas. And then here's the voice again, Samuel. He runs back to Eli's bedroom. Did you, did you call me? I was like, no, go back to bed. I mean, you know, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back, lays down. Same thing the third time. The Lord calls Samuel. Runs back to Eli's bedroom, but this time, this time Eli has wisdom. Eli tells Samuel to do the one thing that Eli no longer does. Says Samuel, next time you hear that voice, I want you to say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now, how would, 
how are these words of wisdom? It's not only that Eli teaches Samuel that, that this is the Lord's voice that's speaking. It is that Samuel learns from Eli how it is that you listen. There's an attitude that's necessary when you listen. And the attitude is that of a servant who's awaiting instructions from the master. You understand that? The, the thing is, hearing is not the same as listening. Obedience is what makes the difference. Obviously, at first, Samuel can hear, but he doesn't know how to listen. He hears the voice that wakes him up. He runs down the hall. You understand? He's hearing, but something is lacking. Something is lacking, and what is lacking is obedience. Obedience makes the difference. Do you see that? So Eli teaches him that when you hear that voice, you stop, you surrender, you listen. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Understand? He's the master, you're the servant. Now, some of us, our problem when we pray is that we don't say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We more or less say, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. And then we do all the talking, right? I mean, we sort of chuckle and laugh there, but every prayer meeting that I've ever been at in this church, and maybe we should do something about this, we'll spend sometimes 30 or 35 minutes telling God all this stuff that he already knows, and then we'll tell him again, and we call that prayer meeting. But when have we ever just simply said, speak, Lord, we're listening. You tell us things that we don't know, because I'm telling you, what we don't know is a whole lot, and there's nothing he doesn't know. But when we pray, we just talk. We just talk on. Again, one of the reasons you may not hear from God is because you don't ever shut up and listen. You do all of the talking as if God's job is to sit up there in heaven and listen to you. This is not how this ongoing conversation relationship turns. Eli says, go back. When you hear that voice, you stop and you listen and you say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You understand? That the truth is, when the servant is listening, the master speaks. When the servant is listening, the master speaks. You listen as a servant awaiting instruction. So whatever God is going to ask you to do, you've already made up your mind. The answer is yes. Don't ever tell him no. You are the servant. He is the master. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I said last week, I'll say it again. When God speaks to you, he's never simply giving you information. It's really not about information. It's a relationship. And what happens here in Samuel's life is the engagement of a lifelong, ongoing conversation. God is going to use Samuel in the most magnificent way because Samuel is a man who knows how to listen like a servant. And Samuel will be faithful and Samuel will do what God asks him to do. Understand? It's this ongoing conversation relationship, but it is the relationship that we seek. Sometimes we just want information. We just want the Lord to guide us like GPS, but so much more than just guiding you. He wants to walk and talk with you. Understand? He wants to accompany you on the journey. It's a relationship. It's a relationship of, of delight. Delight. As I said last week, the psalm says that we should delight ourselves in the Lord and he'll give us the desires of our heart. It's delight. 
there's this incredible pleasure, this joy that you find when you listen to the Lord and when you serve him. The fact is, if you don't delight in him, then you don't know him because he is delightful. He is a God of joy. He is a God who's only going to bless you. So if you don't understand that, if you don't find true delight in listening to his voice and following his word, then you don't know him. And if you don't know him, you won't hear him. So again, it goes back to this delight, this just learning to love him, this, this desire to walk and talk with him and just live your life in his presence. If you don't delight in him, you don't know him. And if you don't know him, you will not hear him. You know, one more thing I would say is that hearing from God is about service and not status. I mean this in the sense that a lot of us, when we hear from God, that makes us feel very important. And so very, very often, you know, I have some very hyper-spiritual ones among us who will hear from God, and then they'll say, you know, listen, God told me, and then they'll tell us what God told them, and then therefore they just expect, and therefore we're all just going to fold up and give them their way. And it doesn't work that way. When God speaks to you, he's probably not going to speak to you loud enough for the whole church to hear. You know, one Sunday, this is a long, long time ago, and this lady's not with us anymore. But I preached about loving our neighbors and, and carrying the gospel to our neighbors. I talked about the importance of getting out and talking to your neighbors and, and, and sharing Christ with your neighbors. This lady came up to me and said, Pastor Tim, when you, were, when you were preaching that, I really felt the Lord speaking to me. I said, really, that, that's fantastic. She said, yeah. And I, the face of my neighbor just was, was, was right before me. I, I could see her face. And, and I knew that the Lord wanted her to hear the gospel. I said, my goodness, that's fantastic. She said, so I'm going to write down her name and address. I'd like you to go by and visit her. <laughs> true story, you know, true story. You know, God's speaking to me, so I'm going to write down her name and address. You go, you know, my neighbor. No, no, no. It's about service. We're talking about you serving. You serving. It's just amazing how people sometimes feel like they've heard from God. And so therefore, you know, that they can just settle it. You know, God's done told me that you're the woman that's going to marry me. That's a great way to run her off forever. You know, if God tells you that, you hold that in your heart. You pray that God shows her that. But the fact that God told you that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to, you know, head down to David's bridal for you. You know, that just sounds creepy. I'm telling you, it doesn't give you status. And you can't do that at church. And You can't say, God told me this, and so everybody else has just got to agree with me and follow me. I mean, as your pastor, I, I try hard never to do this to you. I listen for God's voice and I beg for God's wisdom in leading this church. But God, help me. I don't ever want to stand here and say, this is what we're going to do because God told me. I don't think that's how it works. God speaks to me and, and he continues to tell me how I will serve him. And one of the ways I serve him is by leading you. But the most important way I can lead you is to teach you to hear his voice. Not teach you to obey my voice, teach you to hear his voice. And then God will speak to me and God will speak to you. And when God begins to confirm in all of our hearts what he wants us to do, then we go forward. But you don't get to just say, listen, I've heard from God, so now everybody line up behind me. That's not how it works. Hearing from God is about service. Service. 
you're the servant, I am too. But when I listen to the Lord, I'm listening for instructions for me, for me. It's probably a bad sign if you hear God's voice, but God only tells you things that your husband should be doing different. It's probably a sign that you're not exactly listening well. If he just tells you all the things the church needs to do different, you know? If you're only hearing from God things that other people need to be doing differently, I'm not sure you're hearing from God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. He's got work for you to do. So in the most amazing way to to hear from God is to step into the work that he's doing in the world. Make no mistake. When you begin to hear from him, you get instructions, you get marching orders, you get purpose. God's going to put you to work. He's the master. You're the servant. He's going to invite you into everything that he's doing in the the world around you. Your, Your family, your neighbors, for sure, this church, places all around the world. God is at work. He wants you to step into it. When you listen as a servant, the master will speak and he will command your life. Eli once knew that, but he reached a point where what God was asking him to do was something he was not willing to do. And so he drew the line and stopped there. But God continued on. God's not going to stop with you where you are. God has work to do in the world. And if you can't use Eli, he'll now use Samuel. Eli no longer hears from God. Disobedience broke that connection. But Samuel, Samuel learns to listen as a servant. And I promise you, when the servant listens... The master speaks. Pray with me. Speak, Lord. Speak. There are some in the sound of my voice who aren't really that sure that that you have a speaking voice, oh God. They're they're not sure they've ever heard you. They wonder if you speak at all. So Lord, speak. I pray that you would give us courage, Lord, to listen to you. And I pray that we would have courage, Lord, that whatever it is that you ask us to do, that we would do it. Not negotiate, not try to bargain with you, not try to act like we didn't hear, Lord, but just simply to Begin to follow the master's voice. Lord, God, speak. Speak. Your servants are listening. Help us, Lord, to bring our questions to you. To ask questions and then wait and listen for your voice. Help us, Lord, to just simply delight in your presence in such a way where we can be with you. and Have you close enough, Lord, that, that your presence, your strength, your power, your wisdom would be like the air we breathe. God, help us to find delight in you so that we can know you and know you so that we can hear you. God, some of us have lived our lives at such a distance from you, Lord. We have long since forgotten to listen. 
Help us, Lord, to draw near, to listen, and to obey. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.